another short conversation about the result of the rugby. And Gregor Paul will kindly join us in a sec. This morning, the Irish fans sang the fields of Athen Rye as they came to the game in their green. And at the game, they sang the song Zombie that Dolores O'Riordan and the Cranberries made famous. And as you probably know, there's been controversy around the appropriation of that song, which was an anti-violence anthem, anti-terror anthem. But I noticed that Ireland's Prime Minister, their Taoiseach, said he would have been singing Zombie if he were at the game at the World Cup. Gregor Paul is travelling with the All Blacks. Gregor is one of New Zealand's most respected rugby writers and columnists. His work appears in the New Zealand Herald. And his most recent book is Black Gold, Power, Money and the Team that Reshaped Rugby. Hello, Gregor. Hi, Jim. Thank you for being available for us on a busy morning uh, for you. Actually, can I ask you how it felt hearing the Irish fans belt that out? Oh, look, the atmosphere of this game was incredible. Uh, the noise, definitely, and I've covered, I don't know, far too many all-black tests around the world, and this would be up there, if not the most spectacular environment to, to have been in. But Ireland came with, this was their moment. To, to win a World Cup. This was a moment to make their own history. They'd never been beyond the quarterfinals. So, you know, the atmosphere was absolutely electric and they've built that as their own anthem now, Zombie. So when they were playing it before the game, there was a, there was an awful lot of belief that something special was going to happen for them. Yeah, and it nearly did, but couldn't quite. Where was the game won and lost? Well, look, it's, it's all the old cliches, Jim. It's, it's the little moments which we all kind of knew it would be. You don't you don't get a huge amount of opportunity when you've got you know, two of the best teams in the world playing at the absolute peak of their ability, which they both were, by the way. So I think both teams will, you know, for Ireland, there's a satisfaction of knowing that they didn't leave anything out there. They didn't get over the line, but, you know, they, they had everything on it. And that there, were, there were just little moments, soft moments. You, you know, New Zealand scored a try where Richie Moana was able to skip through a defence that just didn't make a tackle, got lost a little bit, and they... Ireland got over the line at the end or close to the end with a driving ball, but New Zealand held them up, and that's unusual to get over the line and be held up in a driving ball like that. So there was a little moment, and there were there were a couple of magic moments, you know, from the All Blacks. They took their they took their chances. They didn't have a huge amount, but they took them, and you know, Jody Barrett kicked a couple of long range goals as well, which which is what we kind of knew would happen. It's you've got to take those little chances when they come, and New Zealand did. This was Ian Foster's absolute moment of truth, wasn't it? All the fine-tuning, the erasing of mistakes, the maintaining of discipline, the bringing on and changing around of players, everything a coach has to do, and he did. It was all on the line for him, and it worked. It worked when it mattered. Yeah, look, it was a journey to get to that point, because how many times have the All Blacks been the dominant team in a World Cup cycle, where they've been number one in the world and they've beat everybody, and then they come to a World Cup, and the team that they... You know, one of the teams that they've beaten by 30 or 40 points pre-World Cup ends up knocking them over in the World Cup. That's a familiar story to New Zealanders. And this was flipped around a little bit. Ireland were the number one team in the world. Ireland had beaten New Zealand in the, in the lead-up in the last two years. And you know, New Zealand have been on a journey where they haven't been great. They've had a huge amount of adversity. Ian Foster nearly lost his job a year ago. It was 
you know, touch and go as to whether he would keep it or not. And what we saw tonight was every lesson, every moment, everything that they've picked up along the way, discipline, tactical planning, staying mentally alert, you know, not going into a fag, you know, building a, a resilient defence. Everything was aimed at this game, you know, because they've been on this journey to get here because they've known forever that they were going to be playing either Ireland or South Africa and the World Cup would hinge on this moment. And he got it right. The whole team got it right. And it was smart, analytic uh, game plan that they had. They'd worked out where Ireland was strong, where they were weak, which is what a coaching team is paid to do, is to, you know, to come up with a battle plan that, that identifies weakness and promotes strength. And they, you know, they absolutely got it right. And as you have written in past days, what if he becomes the coach that led to a World Cup win in France? Egg on faces? Oh, a huge amount of egg on faces because yeah, what it takes to to win a World Cup for a New Zealand team on foreign soil, well, they've only ever done it once before. Uh, so that means they've had, what, six or seven failed attempts at doing it. So that gives you an indication of how hard it is to do. And, you know, they've beaten the number one team on the world with a with an incredibly well-researched game plan. They've, you know, they've had multiple problems along the way, but they've showed tonight that they've learned all the way. And you get to that point and you go, well, you know, what would be your rationale for throwing this guy and a, and a very good coaching team away? You know, why, why wouldn't you have just waited uh, until after the World Cup to see you know, where you were at and where things stood because they've, they've, what's happened is New Zealand rugby panicked at the end of the year and decided that no matter what was happening, um, you know, they wanted change for, for next year. So they made that decision early, believing that change, no matter what happened at the World Cup, would be the right way for them to go. And I think they probably gambled that they didn't have enough confidence in the coaching group to ever believe that they were, well, they haven't won the World Cup, but they've put themselves in a, in, in a great position to do so. Yeah, and the road to the final looks easy enough to the armchair expert Argentina. But I suppose there's a danger that the ABs have already played their final now. Yeah, look, that, that's what well, we saw that at the last World Cup, didn't we, where they played Ireland, who were world number one at that point as well. And, you know, New Zealand were focused on that one and they didn't reset mentally. They didn't come back and, and recharge the battery, so to speak. But look, again, there's another lesson. There's half of the squad were involved in that four years ago. So they've they learned that that's a possibility that can happen. So, I mean, even tonight, while they'll they'll take a little bit of time to enjoy their moment, as they should, but I think there's enough people in this group who, who know the danger. You know, you talk about, you know, it looks relatively easy. Well, there's a banana skin, if ever there was one. <laughs> you know, to have that kind of mindset and thinking, oh, well, look, we just need to turn up next week and we're in the final. Like, they'll... They understand that the qual- you know you, you don't carry over any points or any energy or any momentum from the quarterfinal into the semi-final. You turn up cold, and you've got to re-earn the right to win that game. And I, I don't think they'll be silly enough to underestimate Argentina, and I don't think they will be naive enough to not understand the processes with which they must go through to get back up mentally to, to win that game next week. England, Fiji coming up, France, South Africa. Um, before we go, Gregor, what winners are you picking from those games? May as well ask you. Oh, look, probably England will be the easier one to call just because I think they'll crush, they'll just crush Fiji's spirit. I don't think it'll be a lovely game for watching, but it'll just be too strong, too clinical, probably at set pace and bore them to death. 
Uh, look, France, South Africa, I mean, they'll be as close as the game tonight, I would imagine, and it will be a real flip of the coin. But just have a feeling home advantage, and there's a real energy about France and the World Cup and their team. They're quite connected, and they've got the talismanic captain back who's going to play, Antoine Dupont. Uh, so I just have a feeling France will squeak home just. Lovely to talk to you, Gregor. Always a great pleasure. Gregor Paul.